Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I, I'm uh, struggling to find my file here. I'm like, wait a minute. So, uh, well, good morning. So glad to be with you this morning. You're, I'm, I'm so glad you're with me today for this privileged opportunity for the greatest guest we've ever had, at least in my book. Uh, my beautiful wife today, I'm excited to have her share with us um, together. We're, this is just going to be a conversation, honestly. Um, some of you are nervous. Oh, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? Um, we can say this. We made it out, right? We made it out of 2020. I'm not sure if that means anything other than the fact that the year is over, but we made it out of that year. Um, it is just sort of a measure of time, and, and like Elvis said, uh, a lot of things have not necessarily ended. <laughs> a lot of our struggles, a lot of our questions, a lot of our uh, realities are not over. We're still facing some difficulty, but God is good. Daryl, thank you so much for picking songs of God's faithfulness and encouragement. I, 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 the very first song, I had something I wanted to repeat and then I forgot it because the next song I had something I wanted to repeat. Like every song had something that was just encouraging. So that's uh, such a good set for us. Thank you. Uh, we thought we would just kind of take a little bit of time this morning and, and have a conversation. Is that okay? I don't know about you, but I like to, at least in some informal sort of way at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, at that transition, uh, that transition of, uh, from one year to the next, I like to just sort of go, let me think about the year past. Let me just... Um, be aware of what that year entailed, what, what that year brought to my family, what we had to make it through, what we had to struggle with, what we celebrated, because uh, hopefully it wasn't just an absolutely horrible, horrible year for you. Hopefully God did some things in your life uh, that proved he's faithful even in the middle of, of brokenness. But Lori and I just wanted to take a few moments to talk and share, kind of interject, this is not scripted. Um, but just to kind of share some of our heart and some of our feelings about reflections, if you will, on the, the year that's passed, some things we've had to deal with, and then also some resolutions on some, some attitudes of the heart that we hope that we as a church and we as a couple and we as a people can uh, move forward going into 2021. So that's what we want to do. So the very first thing that came to my, my list as I began to start taking some notes down was the fact that there was so much loss in 2020. So much loss. And even for our church family, there was some uh, very sad loss. I want to show you a picture of three very dear people to us. Uh, Don Dietz, Bobby Johnson, Lily Mae Stark passed this year. Now, you may be new to us at South City, but these really are three giants to us, people who loved us really, really well, and they loved Jesus very, very much, and uh, trying to hold it together even as I look at those pictures because I love those people very, very much. We just uh, had Lily May service on New Year's uh, Eve, and so this is even still fresh that these, that these three, um, just even in the time of COVID, have gone to be with the Lord. Um, have you had some loss in your life this year? If you've lost someone this year uh, for any reason, um, would you just kind of raise your hand? Let's see who's, who's lost someone this year. Yeah, that's a lot of us. Maybe you've known somebody that's, that's, that's gone to be with the Lord. Um, loss is hard. 
It really is hard. Yet the, it always is interesting to me when I do funerals and I talk about the verse that says, uh, this verse basically says, it's good to go to the house of mourning. It's better, it's, in fact, it says it's better to go to the house of mourning than to a house uh, of a party or a celebration. Why is that? I think it's because often in our lives we, we don't think about the eternal that much. We think about day-to-day issues, problems, concerns, questions, fears, all the stuff that's right in front of our face, and then we get to a funeral and we realize, oh yeah, one day that's going to be me. And will my life be ready? Will my heart be ready to meet Jesus? Am I living an eternal perspective in my life? And that's why it's good to go to the house of mourning. Uh, I thought about this verse in, uh, when it comes to loss, and there's other losses we've had as well. We've lost our routines <laughs> are completely different in many ways. Uh, freedoms are, are feel different. We don't feel like we have the same freedoms that we've had. I thought about this verse, though, when it comes to those that have gone to be with the Lord. John 11, 25 and 26 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He's asking Martha about her brother Lazarus. Do you believe this? I almost say it to you, even those who've raised your hands. Do you believe that? Because as difficult as, as loss is, and as, as the loss has been maybe for your own life and, and connection to different people this year, do you believe that? Because it's that faith and that belief that will carry us into whatever challenge is next and continue to keep our heads up Trusting the Lord, I believe. Um, I was just thinking about loss. Um, the, the moment that I got the call as a mom that our kids weren't going back to school. <laughs> and um, in addition, just there's different levels of loss, right? And, and the loss of routine, the loss of schedule, the loss of structure. Um, and how that has been really impactful you know, not just uh, losing friends or losing family, and um, but just that feeling. I don't know about you, um, but through this whole year, that just feeling of like, why am I? What am I feeling? Not really sure what I'm feeling. And and I think it's that uh, it's what was is now not. You know, so if there's someone that we lost, well, this presence now is gone and gone to be with the Lord. But um, but also just everything that we have known. And, and so it's really kind of been a little rattling in different seasons um, throughout this whole last year. And um, just really the realization of how much we depend on things to be the way we expect them to be, right? <laughs> and when they're not, they're like, ah! And um, so it's easy to, get, easy to get a little bit rattled. Um, so that's just another, another thought about loss. That, um, and even wearing masks, you know? I mean, sitting over here singing, I cannot breathe very good with that mask on. <laughs> but, you know, it's something we got to do. And it's, it's, it's this uh, adapting, but those loss, like you said, that if you feel like, no, I want to be free. But, I think there's a weariness, <laughs> too, with even just loss. Where we, you know, I'm, we have this little podcast that I do with a friend, and, and uh, we talked about... Fatigue, fatigue, 
<laughs> you know, it's this funny thing that we're just tired of being tired and we're tired of loss. There's just a, a fatigue even to the sense of the loss that we felt. What about isolation? You know, for, for those of us who are married, we have families. In some ways, 2020 has really been a sweet time because it's drawn our families together in a beautiful way. But if you're single or if you struggle with, uh, if you don't, you don't have a lot of people around you, then isolation has been very, very difficult for you. I know uh, even as Elvis was saying, you know, I'm sure many of us have struggled with weight gain because of isolation or, or what, what's worse, uh, temptation of sin has been at, at an all-time high, I would guess, because of isolation, being more alone, not having people speaking into our lives as much has been a greater temptation for the sin in your life. And of course, uh, depression. Depression has gone up. Suicide rates have gone up. Um, and so this has been a difficult season, even in isolation. I would just say to you, if that's, if that's you and you've struggled through isolation in this season, Psalm 34, 18 says this. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves, the, saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's close, he's close to us who have been broken. He's close to us who have struggled, uh, no matter what the issue is, whether it's isolation or something else. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I'm so thankful, you know, that even when it feels like we're alone, we're never alone. Jesus promised to never leave us alone, to, to stick closer than a brother. He's, he's always with us, right? You're never alone. And just the way he put it, crushed in spirit. Anybody felt crushed in spirit this yeah, year? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Anybody? Okay. <laughs> um, I think that that's a hard one for me because I'm usually up and I try to be more positive, glass half full kind of personality. And so, but you can't deny when those feelings and just life, you just feel, you just feel this weight. And even through loss, isolation, it's like we've had these waves. I know for me personally, these waves of grief. And sometimes you're not even sure, like, where's that coming from? I mean, it could come from an actual loss. I lost a dear friend. And so I was having these just just huge waves of unexpected grief that I wasn't expecting like that. And that's the only way I can put it. And, um, and I did, I felt like my spirit was crushed, even though I have the hope of where he is, I have the hope in, in Christ and, and, um, just this, just that, that feeling of being, um, again, it's kind of this unexpected. So that takes me, it takes me by surprise a little bit. And so again, I have to keep coming back to the truth of what I know. Okay, well, I'm feeling all these things, and this is not my norm um, as a result of isolation, as a result of all these things. Um, but knowing that in those moments still, I'm never alone, that God was with me and God is with me um, no matter what we face when we are crushed. We faced all sorts of challenges this year that we're not used to. Um, the best way I could put it was forbearance. You know what I mean when I say forbearance? It, it, uh, there's a sense of, of giving to others, even if we disagree. A sense of uh, serving, being kind, helping, uh, submitting to others. I, I think about, obviously, this, this uh, struggle with masks. Many of you are wearing masks this morning. Um, and many of you, I've got several friends that are, that are they're not fans of the mask. <laughs> it doesn't bother me that much, but I have some friends that have really struggled with wearing masks, and they've kind of taken a stance. I don't want to do this. And then as it's become more of a sort of an imperative from, uh, from the governor and some others, they've begun to wear uh, masks. 
But I, I can't help but think about sometimes when we do that, even if we don't want to, it can't help but remind me of the story of the Good Samaritan and doing things sometimes that we don't want to do, but we do it for other folks. Uh, I think about being kind. I think about forgiveness. I think about offering grace, extending grace to people, loving people right where they are. I mean, uh, obviously, this is a pretty big discussion, not only outside of these walls, but inside these walls. This is a pretty big deal, and it has caused some of us to be at odds, some of us to be at home, and some of us to be here. So what does it mean to love people right where they are? Even when you disagree, even when it's been uh, contentious, potentially, it's been hard relationally, even when it separates us, we still love people, and hopefully they love us right where we all are. Uh, there's this challenge to not make judgments upon one another, you know, uh, at least I hope we feel the challenge and don't just make a judgment upon one another, but that we, that we pause and go, you know what, I don't know all of the story, I don't know all the situation, I don't know all of what they're feeling or thinking, but I love them and I trust them and I hope that that is the case for, for all of us on both sides of whatever discussion there has been, we need to give room for different opinions and feelings. Just a note on loving people right where they are. That's been a, that's been a big um, theme. true theme, yeah, in my mind um, for a long time, honestly. I mean, just when God deals in my heart with grace, I know I require so much grace, so I try to give a lot because <laughs> I'm like, I need it. Um, but loving people right where they are is, um, it really is, is pretty much void of expectation. And so what we feel like we deserve, what we feel like we should get, what we feel like we should, um, how someone should respond, you know, if we're loving people right where they are, then we're loving them on whatever level uh, they are um, and whatever level we're at. Does that make sense? Um, and what I mean by level, I don't mean in any hierarchy, but we're all on a journey um, and some have a faith, some don't have a faith. So when we're engaging with people, we can't expect them to necessarily have our exact, we can't, our exact frame of reference, um, our, the truth that we have, our, you know, if we're digging into the word, then our mind is being renewed daily and we're being strengthened in different ways, but still we struggle in different ways. My weaknesses are different than your weaknesses. So it's just, it's just mercy, it's just, Literally, I'm saying mercy. mercy yeah. <laughs> it's mercy and just having grace for people to, to just, just kind of give everybody a little bit of a, a break in a way. And that's so freeing for your own heart and soul, right? When you're mm. engaging with people. Um, anyway. I think about another level of this, even as the word of God commands us to pray for our leaders. So we're in this really interesting moment in our country, right, where President Trump has been the president, and many of you are not fans of President Trump, and yet God's word calls you to respect and honor and pray for your leader. So do we do that? And now we're in this interesting transition where uh, President Biden is going to come in. And, and, and as he comes in, for those of you who are not fans of President Biden, will we pray and respect and honor President Biden? See, it works both ways regardless of where the contention or the fear or the hope or the struggle or the disagreement, God has called us to pray for our leaders and that's a, that's a form of forbearance. It's, it's not a natural reaction, it's a supernatural one. It's one God calls us to, even in the story 
of the Good Samaritan. Luke 6, 29 says, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Uh, give to everyone who begs uh, from you and from one who takes away your goods, do not de demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. So this is really more the Beatitudes and, and Jesus speaking about how we live and love even at times that we don't necessarily want to. What about a lack of control? Has that been something that's been a struggle for you? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Which ways do you think? Oh my gosh. In every way. Um, I think, <clears throat> I'm trying to think back to when every, just when the wave of all this started, mm -hmm. just the shock of it, like what? What is this? You know? Um, and the reality and then fear, the unknown, and um, so the control piece was when everything, again, it's routine, it's what we know, it's how we live, and, um, you know, all of that kind of taken out from under me. But, um, but bigger than that is if I get this virus, I could possibly die, <laughs> you know? I mean, just, it's, it's such a horrible thing, some people, respond differently and it's just but the thing is is you don't know it comes down to we don't know it's beyond our understanding it's beyond what we can control we do the things we have wisdom we we follow wisdom and we you know um all the research and all the stuff you know I mean so there is absolutely something to that to to follow wisdom but um but ultimately yeah it's like okay I, I'm going to do all I can do. I'm going to Lysol as much as I can Lysol, but wash my hands as much and spray you down as much as I can spray you down. But and she has. ultimately, you know, I'm not in control of any of it. You know, for me, I think when the first, when it all began and we had to make a decision to, sh to close church, that was a big deal. In 30 years of ministry, you don't close the church. I mean, except for maybe snow or bad weather and that was very few and far between in 30 years of my time in ministry so to say yeah we're going to shut the church down and and then this weird thing to be able to I couldn't even hardly say it we don't know when we're going to open back up what this feeling as a pastor as a shepherd of people wanting to be with people and teach people and grow with people and go we can't do that right now in, in the way we've we've done it so we have to get creative and thankful for our tech team who has been, was doing all the stuff they were already doing. They didn't really have to change much of what they were doing. They just, they're awesome and they serve us so beautifully. And, and so we were able to continue to keep preaching and teaching and trying to stay connected. But that was such a sense of a loss of control. Uh, COVID in general, as Lori was saying, just I don't know if I'm gonna get this or not. But I'm gonna do all the things that I can to be safe. And then I'm gonna trust the Lord with the rest, right? What about the election? Has that been a stressful, nerve-wracking thing for anybody in the middle of uh, COVID and, and all the other things? It's just sense of we are not in control. And guess what? We never were in control. What? It's never been in control. Not, not at once. Not even the facade. Uh, we had a facade of control, I think, that we, th we thought maybe was happening. But we illusion. were never, con never in control. It was taken away from us. And when it was, it became so obvious, man, this is... God, what are you calling us to? You're calling us to yourself. You're calling us to a time of trust. I love the scripture uh, from James. 
And it just, it's, it, it matters. It, it, it's so relevant. Like right now, James 4, 13 through 15 says, come now you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So relevant for us right now, even as we stand at the beginning of this year, we don't know what this year is going to hold. And many of us are celebrating, yay, new year, but we don't know what this year is going to hold. And so we say, Lord, we trust your will. We trust that you are in control when we are not, and that's pretty much all the time. And we lean into you and things that we don't know, the things that cause us fear or stress or concern. We just take a step back under your guiding sovereignty and goodness and know that you have our lives. If it's your will, we will live. We will move forward with our plans and our business and our world and our children and all that you've allowed us to have. But Lord, if it's not your will, then we trust you above all things. Only God is in control, right? Not us. Um, we have to surrender. And I, that's, I think that's one thing that you could think about this year. Lord, would you help me to surrender to your will? Would you help me just to hands open, say, God, in every single way, I want to just, by your grace, would you help me to surrender my life, uh, to be submitted to you, to move forward? So, um, My mom, all my life, has said, you know, if we would make plans with the Lord's willing, the Lord's willing, anybody, anybody ever say that? And, um, and so when, when I discovered this scripture, there's so many things. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, she's totally quoting scripture. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's the truth. We want to make plans. We want to um, set goals. And, and those are good. Those are so good. We're, we're, you know, we're called, we're called to that. We're called, you know, where there is no vision, you know, the people perish. So we have to be looking forward. And I think that is, again, that's kind of like our, our eyes are on Jesus. Our hope is in him. So we're, we're going to walk forward, walking on water as much as we can with our eyes on him. But knowing, but knowing still, you know, he is in control. He, he is the creator of the waves. He's the creator of the water. And so um, as we make those plans, it's just a, it's a heart condition. It really is. It's just a spirit of, Lord, and, and I, I try to do this in the, from the moment I wake up to the moment my head hits the pillow is just, God, help me accomplish the things that you would have me accomplish this day. I've got some plans. They're a little scattered. But, <laughs> and then at the end of the day, trust that, God, I hope that something got accomplished <laughs> that day. <laughs> that, you, you know, you can check, check off the list and everything, but still, just trust that even if you, even if if something did fall through, uh, even if something did get completely derailed, okay, well God's in that too, you know, because God is in our disappointments, He's in our our unmet expectations, He's in our plans not succeeding sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. it's just it, it's it's truly that spirit of just walking like this. Lord, here's the plan of the day. Here's where I feel like you're leading me, but. But again, just like Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours, and, and whatever this day holds. Another huge kind of reflection, thinking back this year, as I was just trying to take some notes on the things that we've had to muddle through, is a lot of division. A lot of division in the culture and the world, even division in the church. Um, 
there's obviously racial division and, and stress, tension. There's political racial, uh, political tension and stress. Um, and in many ways, it feels like we've gone backwards, specifically in race relations. But can I just say this? I am not going to be pushed into a category that culture says I'm supposed to be in. I have not gone backwards at all. <laughs> my feelings, my heart, my, my determination that we are all equal, made in God's image, and are to be brothers and sisters in one family has not changed, regardless of culture, regardless of Facebook or anybody else's uh, state of what they think I'm supposed to be. I know who I am, and, I, and I'm very confident in the fact that I, I will not accept culture pushing me into something saying that, that I've gone backwards. Now listen, we all have something to learn. We all have places that we can grow. We all have moments of blind spots and awareness that hopefully the body of Christ helps us to see and grow deeper in. So I'm not saying I can't grow. I can. And, and by God's grace and will, I will continue to grow. But uh, I just believe that God is doing something, especially here at South City Church. And I just want to kind of make this statement on behalf of our elders. You have no idea how, how we long to be more uh, relationally diverse, re, uh, racially diverse in our church. We long for God's, uh, the beautiful colors of, of God's people to be expressed in this church. We can't tell you that. Literally in tears, we have prayed and we've asked God to bring more African-American people, more Latino people, more Asian people, who, whoever he would bring to us, that he would bring the nations to our church, that we could sense and grow in the expression of the beauty of God's people. I, I can't help but think about um, in Revelation where it says, Every nation, tribe, and tongue will worship him, right? And if that's the case, then church, we got to get busy making disciples of every nation, tribe, and tongue. Yeah. And our prayer and our hope is that we'll continue to grow even in our own uh, diversity of our church. Um, so again, we offer grace where we've made mistakes. We acknowledge brokenness in our past. Uh, we acknowledge uh, need and ability to grow in our present and by God's grace, he'll help us to grow further in the future. I think it's only going to happen with humility, with honesty with one another, uh, kindness, regardless of po uh, position or even different beliefs. We have different beliefs. If there's one thing we've learned this year about us as a people is we don't all think just alike. Whoa, that was a mind blower to me. We have a bunch of different opinions, don't we? We got a bunch of different uh, ideas and, and thoughts and, and plans, and, and that's okay, and that's good, and it, and it causes us to really give grace and to be drawn uh, one to another. I couldn't help but think about um, Galatians and the heart and, and behind Paul as he writes this to the church in Galatia, uh, chapter 3, verse 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. Through faith, right? If you know Jesus, you are sons and daughters of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You are saved and you have put on Christ Jesus. Verse 28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You could very easily add into that uh, black and white, Latino, Asian, there's no dividers is what it's saying. There's nothing that keeps us from being one in Christ. And that is the heart of God, I believe, uh, for us, even for our church. 
Um, but I also want to say this. We, we do long to be diverse uh, in, in as many ways as we possibly can be, uh, honoring Christ and his word. Um, but we don't want to lose the uniqueness of who we are. There's a reason God has given us these rich and beautiful cultures that are represented by our race in many ways. And so we don't want to diminish that so we all come up to this bland, uh, no tasting, you know. No, listen, I, we want to have a rich heritage, uh, a beauty of culture in our church and uh, be able to reflect what we'll say one day, which is every tribe, nation, and tongue worshiping Jesus together in heaven. And that's the beauty of the body, right? We're supposed to, um, <clears throat> as we're pursuing righteousness and we're um, walking in discipleship together, oh my gosh, we have so much to learn from each other, um, from where we've been, our stories, our, that's why I love what's next so much because you really get to dive into everybody's story, where, where, they, where they're from and what they've walked through and um, and that isn't only for what's next. That's in everyday life. That's in your small groups. That's um, with people that you come in contact with. Um, as you're shining your light of truth um, and sharing your story, what makes you unique, what you have walked through, the pains, the struggles, um, so that someone else can, can see that and understand um, and then grow together. Well, how can we pursue Christ more? You know, it's all about just really, um, again, we've heard a lot about dialogue and listening and communication, and that's always, that's so good. That's how we, that's how we connect with people um, to be able to understand where they are so that then the love of Jesus and the truth of Jesus, we can maybe meet them where they are as well if they don't know Christ. But, um, but as our body, um, you know, that's a beautiful way to just grow and, uh, and learn from each other as we grow as a body. Mm -hmm. Anybody been afraid in 2020? Probably all of us at some point. There have been moments in the unknown of this uh, virus and other situations we're going, is this, Lord, are you coming back tomorrow? Like, what, what do we not know what, what could happen? Family members are dying, friends are dying from this virus. It's such a difficult season. And it's very easy to be a fearful people. Um, but God's not called us as believers in Jesus to be fearful, has he? Not to be fearful. He didn't want us to have fear. Now, there's a healthy fear, right? I believe there's a, we have a fear of God. He is holy and just and good. Uh, and so we, we, we have a healthy fear, but we don't want to be afraid. We want to be able to love and, and, and respect and adore. Um, in the same way, I think we've had to deal with this feeling of fear, of the unknown. But I think if anything, hopefully it's caused us, it's pushed us to continually surrender to Jesus. You know, when, when, when you're afraid, my kids are afraid, especially when they were little, and they got afraid, they knew when to leave the bedroom and run into mom and dad's room. They knew when to, to uh, you know, leave whatever fearful thing was happening and run into our arms. And in the same way, this has been a year of going, Lord, we don't, I'm not sure we can handle this. We gotta turn around and we gotta run into your arms. And so I hope that fear has been something that has caused us to continually rest uh, in him and even to pray more. I hope that's something that God has called us to. There's a verse that we um, taught them, and <clears throat> when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. It's in Psalm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and as adults, 
for all of us, we have a choice every single day, whatever we're facing, whatever circumstance, whatever diagnosis, whatever sickness, whatever loss, whatever fear, and particularly, you know, as we're talking about being afraid, in that moment, I know my heart has been, it almost feels physically gripped in moments of like, you know, it just kind of just grips you like, I'm not really sure what's about to happen, how things are about to change, what's, you know, whatever it is. But in that moment, just recognizing it, and for me, just um, almost, you know, that scripture too about taking every thought captive and going, okay, is this, is that the next thing? <laughs> um, is, is like, is this, is this pointing me towards God or is this pointing me towards like, what's the source of it? You know, and really kind of thinking, why am I going to entertain that? Am I just going to sit in this fear? And if I do that, then I'm just going to spiral and that could potentially just lead me into a depressive kind of a place and just like, woe is me. Let me just go climb in the bed and throw the covers over my head and, you know, call me when this is all over. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we can't do that. We, we can't. And that would be succumbing to that fear. Um, yeah, that's 2 Corinthians 10, 5. It says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I think it's a really important scripture as we go forward in 2021 because we got a lot of voices coming at us. So which ones do we listen to? We need to listen to the ones that are uh, filtered through scripture that we can trust the truth of God. Uh, We don't listen to every voice. In fact, I, I love this verse as well, 2 Timothy 1, 7. says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of what? But of power and love and self-control. Some, some of your Bibles say a sound mind. Uh, some, of, some of your Bibles say self-discipline. So in other words, what is a sound mind? Well, it's being self-controlled, self-disciplined. That's what a sound mind is. And so as we have every thought and arguments and things that come into our world, we go, wait just a minute, I wanna be self-controlled, self-disciplined, I wanna have a sound mind, because God has not given me a spirit of fear. Don't trust every voice, weigh it. Take every thought captive, as this uh, verse says. Weigh it against the knowledge of God so that we can be obedient to Christ, so that we can trust him. Because if we've wandered into fear, we've wandered away from God. Yes. You see that? God does not want us to be fearful people. He wants us to be a people of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. Self-disciplined, self-controlled. On that thought, Mm -hmm. just a note. Like, if you remember anything out of this whole morning, I would camp right there. (laughs) I just, I love that so much because... God has not given us a spirit of fear. And as you're scrolling or as you see wherever you are, if you're, you know, if you're watching and, you know, for the, our family, um, church family that, you know, are in, uh, on the front lines. And I know, I mean, I don't know, but I see what you post. I, um, I know where your heart is and the things that you see every day, I don't. You know, so our experiences are very different. Mm-hmm. And, and so the weight of certain things, you know, comes on. And, um, and as, you, as you see stories 
that's one that can get me is I'm seeing families that, you know, their mother or their daughter or their sister are struggling and dying or on a ventilator for four weeks or whatever, you know, and so as you go to that place, you start feeling gripped and gripped. And, and even still, okay, God has not given me a spirit of fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear. And it's kind of cheesy, but I'm always like, get in the good book more than you are in Facebook. <laughs> anyway, I don't know who came up with that, but I think it's cute. Um, and, and it's true because as we do that, that's where we have a sound mind to be able to recognize, is this taking me down a road of fear? Is this taking me down a road of doubt? Is this taking me down a road that I'm going to be anxious you know, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. So if I start feeling that grip in my heart and that fear, I'm like, where is that coming from? You know, God help. I just, I have to just lay it down. You know, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And to me, that's kind of where the rubber meets the road in life of every day. Is like, am I going to choose to to go down this road of fear, or am I going to um, am I going to trust Him? Pray for those people pray for them, you know, and, and lay it at his feet. But Here's another one you've struggled with quite a bit. You, uh, the whole distancing from people. She's a hugger. Many of you know this is true. Um, and, and so it's hard to distance sometimes when you have people that you love so much. We, we went down to Thanksgiving to, to be with um, Laura, some of Lori's family, and we sat outside and we were 10 feet apart. And we were kind of like waving each other. Hey. It was weird. You know, you, wanted to, you want to hug them. You want to love on them. You want to be connected to them. But we've had to Call, have this distance in this personal space, but I think there's a biblical uh, application of this, that we, we read people and we respect their, uh, their privacy in ways, and we try to be considerate of other people. Philippians 2.3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility uh, value others above yourselves. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to do that. We, I'm going to value you over myself, and I'm gonna, I know I want to hug you, but that's I want this to be about you, okay? I want to just uh, stay back. Here's another reality that we've had to face, these new norms and these changes, working from home, homeschooling, adapting to change. Everybody is, oh, are you over Zoom? Who's over Zoom? Yeah, pretty much. It was kind of fun. Look how all of us in our little windows. Look, here's our dog. And uh, it's kind of over now. But um, we've had to adapt to these things. Um, uh, we've had to learn to be flexible. One of the things Brother Jerry says all the time, I'm quoting Brother Jerry this morning, is, blessed are the flexible, for they will not be bent out of shape, right? <laughs> we've had to learn to become flexible and just the ability to go, that's not exactly what I was hoping, but we can tweak and we can change. Um, but the good news is God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I thought this was kind of an interesting verse for this uh, thing we've had to face. Philippians 4.11 through 13 says, I've learned to be content whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Have you been able to say that in 2020? I've learned to be content in any and every situation. And we think we've had it hard. Trust me, the Apostle Paul had it much harder than us. Uh, Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want, and then he says this iconic and wonderful verse, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So even if we haven't had strength, even if we still continue to struggle with a weakness and a weariness, God has all the strength we need, right? He, we, we, we get all that we need from him. Our ability to be flexible 
is completely about being strengthened by Jesus and Jesus alone. So we have to know who we are in him and, and how we're to live. But I, I want to, I'm moving a little fast here. Something else that's been important to me has been the valuing of our family. I, uh, extended family, close family has been so precious to me. Um, even if it was helping kids with homework or whatever the case may be, just sort of valuing, saying, God, this really has been a sweet time of loving one another. And we've been absent from many of our family, but the ones that we have been able to be with has been very, very uh, precious to us. Yeah, looking back, I think, um, you know how, again, going back to just the day-to-day, you get so busy and you're going, going, going. Um, for me, it's been a season of <clears throat> I was forced a little bit more to go, oh, look at, let me look a little bit deeper inside my home um, on just so many levels uh, because we were in it so much more and around the dining table so much more, you know, and cooking so much more and just all of that and kind of reevaluating um, just recognizing the importance of that, that it's not something to just throw away. It's not something to take for granted. Um, those moments that you have, especially if your children are little um, or whatever, whatever stage they're at, but just, just the value and, um, and the God-given uh, responsibility, you know, to disciple our children and, um, and to sharpen one another if your children are, are adults and out of the house, just to, um, just the importance of that, what that means. Um, I don't know, just, just for me, it's been, it's been a little bit more of a, like, let me kind of look a little bit deeper into, do I really value, do I value this? Am I taking care of it the way I need to be? Um, uh, anyway, a ministry friend of ours likes to put it this way, that our home is an embassy. It's an embassy for Christ. You know, we shine a bright light out of our home, or we should. So, like, thinking about it from, um, you know, our neighbors around us, are we, are we shining a light? Are we, are we, whether we can have people, we may not be able to have people in our homes like we used to as much, right? But, um, but still just recognizing this is a place of rest and renewal, and, and what does that look like on a day-to-day basis instead of just the hurry and rush and all that? Yeah, Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. That our home is just this place where discipleship is this ongoing conversation. It is who we are. It is a place of safety and and beauty and uh, that Jesus has made known. And I promise you, our kids are going to remember 2020. They're going to look back and they remember that year or those two years or whatever it's going to end up being of this Uh, virus and this difficulty. And I pray that they also remember how sweet a time it was with family and discipleship. Intentional conversations. Yeah. Uh, Something that was said in the news and other places is this conversation about what businesses were essential in 2020. And there's actually been this debate of whether the church is essential. (laughs) The church is not just essential. It matters more than the rest of those things, right? That's what, that we are the body of Christ. We're called to encourage and love one another, and the church is absolutely essential. Uh, in fact, we're commanded to live in community with other people. We're, we're to serve other people, to care for other people, to challenge other people, encourage other people, rebuke other people, uh, bless other people. That is what God has called us to be as the body of Christ. We, well, here's a few phrases that, you, that you're familiar with probably. We confess our sins to one another so that we may be, we may be healed. We're iron sharpening iron for each other. 
We are bearing one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. Just a few. God has called us to be the church, and that doesn't stop because of a pandemic. Um, here's the thing, though. There are things that have divided us. Masks, in ways, have divided us. The uh, vaccine, in some ways, is going to be a dividing potential factor. Church, can I just tell you, don't let it be something that divides us. Look to one another. Love one another. Let, let us forgive and, and bear with one another as much as we can. Hebrews 10, 23 says, uh, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Confession of our hope is that our hope is in Jesus, right? Amen? Our hope is Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus. That is the hope, and we, we don't want to uh, waver from that. For he who promised is faithful, just as we sang this morning. Let us consider how we stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is not an opportunity for me to beat up people who are in church and people not, or who are out of church. That's not what I'm trying to say here. God has called us to be God's people, his church, regardless of a pandemic. You can do it here in a service. You can do it from home if you're distancing. You can do it in many different ways. And thank God he's given us the technology of Zoom and FaceTime and the, and the phone and all these other ways to make connections. But let me just say this, to not connect is to not follow Christ. We don't have an option, church, to not be connected. Pandemic or other, it doesn't matter. God has called us to be the church. You go to China right now, there's every reason in the world. You go to Iran right now, there's every reason in the world not together as believers, to not love one another, to not connect one another, not disciple one another, for the fear of death or imprisonment. Guess where they are? Being the church, doing the things that God has called us and ordained for us and commanded of us to be and do as the church. So yes, we get creative and we find ways to do that that are safe at whatever level you feel is safe. But God has called us to be together and to be the church. It is essential. I want to, as we close, I want to just give us a few quick things to remember. Uh, we're calling these resolutions. Those are reflections. I want to give you a few resolutions this coming year to think through. There are six quick resolutions. Here they are. Uh, the first one is this. Try to be more grateful than grumpy. Anybody been grumpy in your family? It's been easy to be grumpy. I was trying to encourage a friend of mine the other day. He was kind of complaining and struggling a little bit with some stuff. And I said, are you grateful? Are you grateful for what you have? Are you grateful that you're healthy? Are you grateful that God has blessed you, that you know Jesus as your Savior? Because it can make all the difference in the world, even to the world. Are we somebody that's just grumbling and complaining? And are we people of gratitude? That, that's what I think we have to be. Um, I love this verse. I'll talk about um, Becky Ten Boom, um, Corey Ten Boom, Becky uh, Ten Boom, her sister, Betsy. Betsy. That's it, Betsy. First Thessalonians, this is the verse they used when they were in the concentration camp that she speaks of in, in their book. First um, Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Uh, in Christ Jesus for you. Guess what the will of God has been for you to be through 2020, to deal with COVID, to deal with all the things that we've walked through. That's been a part of God's will for us. 
And so we rejoice always, praying without ceasing, giving thanks in these circumstances because that's been God's will. That's what he's called us to. Uh, here's the next thing. Find ways to, to serve instead of being stuck. Many of us don't know what to do and we're just gripped with fear and we don't know where to go. Or Listen, find ways to serve. Just as Elvis said this morning, people still need help. People still need hope, love, the gospel. They still need friendship. Uh, Christians have historically, from the time of Christ's uh, ministry, have historically been the ones that took risks to help others. They have historically been the ones, it's in the DNA of the believer in Jesus to be people who sacrificially care for other people. That's what we do, that's who we are. We help those in need and we risk sometimes. Uh, it's easy though in times like this to be selfish, self-centered, self-focused. I think as believers in Christ we have to focus on those around us, not as much on ourselves. Uh, and sometimes it means we take a risk to be on mission. Uh, I'm thankful every time we do food pantry very rarely do I think about risk. <laughs> I'm just so, I'm so excited to, to serve people and, and to see the people we haven't seen and to hopefully help them a little bit. Um, but it's such, a, it's such a blessing to serve. Uh, Luke 10, this is the one about the Good Samaritan, says, but a Samaritan as he journeyed came to where he was and when he saw him, speaking of the person who had been beaten, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And we talked about this in our neighbor series, but I want to just remind you, it was a risk for the Samaritan to go across the street and help this Jewish person who had come from Jerusalem down to Samaria. It was a risk. Because of prejudice, it was a risk. There was a great deal of prejudice between Samaritans and Jews. He, he, he took the risk to cross the line of, of prejudice to serve this man, to help him, didn't he? Uh, this, he crossed the line of racial division. It was a risk because the man had been beaten up. There were bandits in the area who had robbed and beaten this man, and yet he took a risk even though it was dangerous. It was a risk because he spent a lot of money to help this man. He came out of his own pocket to care and love this person who uh, is really over the line, so to speak, in cultural senses in that day. It was a risk, and yet Jesus says, do as this man has, has done. In other words, what was the difference in the other two that didn't cross the street and help, and this man? He actually did something, that's the difference. He was active. He didn't just see a problem, he found a solution. So many of us go, man, that's an awful thing over there. Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> man, I really hate that that so-and-so, whatever happened. We don't, and we don't do anything. God is calling us to be an active people, a participant in the mission of God to show his love to people. Um, just on that, I just keep thinking, you know, we need to have our eyes open. And every day, say, God, show me, show me where, you, where I might need to take a risk. Or show me where I maybe need to be uh, someone, you know, to serve somebody. Um, I feel like there's so many opportunities that I miss because I'm so focused on what I got to do or what I'm, where I'm going or whatever. Um, but just as a resolution for me, just, you know, looking back and looking ahead or just thinking, 
God, where, where do I need to take a risk? And just pray about it. You know, God, what does that look like for me today? What does that look like for me in this new year? Um, where do I need to step out and serve maybe in a different way? You know, maybe it's, Maybe I didn't really think it was my gifting. <laughs> I don't necessarily believe that this Samaritan felt like his gifting was necessarily bandaging, like basically triage, uh-huh. right? You know, I don't think that was his, call, his calling. But still, in that moment, that's what God had for him to do. That's what God, you know, called him to do. So um, anyway, just, just pray in that way. God, where, where would you have me step out? A couple more here before we go. Give grace and disagreements. We're going to have them. We're going to continue to have them because we're human beings in relationship, and we're going to have disagreements. So as we do, let's give grace. Let's offer grace to one another. Be careful as we go forward, even as these vaccines, let's not be, oh, that's the person who took it, and that's the person who didn't, or whatever the thing is that that comes up. Let's be careful in our disagreements to offer grace um, and to be intentional to come together. Um, We have to do it. We have to love people where they are. and we have to uh, offer grace there. Uh, Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive. Whatever grievance uh, you may have against one another, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Can you imagine if we actually did that? I'm just, I'm gonna be real honest with you here for a second. There would be a lot more people in this room today if, if they would just have forgiven as God had forgiven them. As we move forward into this next year, would you give our leadership, our elders, those, those people sitting around you, those people in your city group, would you give them the beautiful gift of forgiveness as things uh, happen? As things are said that, that rub you the wrong way and relationships get tweaked, would you offer forgiveness? For those of you watching online right now, if you have felt something from me or from any of our leaders and we've said something, done something that tweaked in your spirit in some weird way and you didn't like it, would you offer us the gift of forgiveness? If we could just have a little thicker skin and God would allow us to truly walk this out as a people who've been forgiven and offer forgiveness, it would change our church. Here's the next thing. Have more faith than fear. Be informed by God's word. Um, you know, I think this is an important verse for us to learn going forward, Hebrews eleven six. It ha- faith has to be an active part of our lives if we're going to be in Christ. Uh, it says this, without faith it is impossible to please him, speaking of God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Do you want to draw near to God this year? Then stretch your faith. That's what it says. Be a person of faith. If you want to be near to him this year, you want to love him and know him more, stretch your faith because it's impossible to please God without it. He exists and he rewards those who seek him. Uh, Here's the next thing. Less pollution, more prayer. Be careful what we allow in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, in our families. I'm talking about real things here. TV shows, voices, influences, books, news, social media, movies, friends. Be careful with what you allow in this old phrase when I was in the youth group growing up. Garbage in, garbage out. You remember that one? You put garbage in, that's the stuff that's going to come out of you. When you hear something on a show or a television or news or, and it doesn't honor Christ, turn that thing away. It sounds prudish doesn't it, in a way, and that's just fine. I'm calling, I'm asked, I've asked God for several years, Lord, continue to give me back my innocence. Continue to give me back my innocence as my sinful nature has 
pushed it away in many times for many years. As I want to know Christ more, God, give me that innocence back. He can do that as, as we seek him, I believe, with all my heart. So we ask this question. When we're faced with something on, on entertainment, friends, family, movies, whatever, does this help me know Jesus more? Can you ask that question? But it's a TV show I really love. It's really good. Does this help me know Jesus more? Does this lead me to him? Does this strengthen my spirit man in me? Or does this move me away from Christ? Does this build up my faith or compromise it? Be intentional with prayer this year. If we don't plan it, we won't do it. It's not too late to get into a, a Bible reading program. This is a verse that I have for this. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, in other words, if you're saved, if you know Jesus as your Savior, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. May our lives honor him with what we allow into our hearts and our homes. Here's a, I think this is the last thing here. Yeah. And we're going to go. Be committed to Christ and his church. Be committed to Christ and his church. As we look forward in this coming year, we have to be intentional about the lives that we want to live. And in order to follow Christ, it has to be connected to one another. How many times have you heard somebody say, man, I can be a Christian, but I don't necessarily have to go to the church. That is not true. That is a lie of the enemy. To follow Christ is to be connected in his church because we cannot follow Christ apart from uh, the influence and the, the, the blessing of other people in our lives. So we want to honor Christ, be committed to him and to the church. I'm not talking about a Sunday service. I'm talking about life on life, uh, honest, transparent, biblical community. Is that in your life? If it's not, make the change. Come see me. I'll plug you into a group where you can find that, and it will happen, I promise you. Uh, can I just say this? Many of you may have seen the theme that I put out. On, I can't remember if I did it on our Facebook page or our family page, but it talked about if the church being a priority to you, if it's not a priority to you, it's sure not going to be a priority to your children. If the church is not a priority to you, it'll definitely not be a priority to your children. If it's a lesser priority for your kids, then it'll probably be non-existent for their kids. Right? Look, looking back, as we've looked back this year and going into this new year, on that point, just, you know, it, it has caused me to be more aware, what are we talking about within the walls of our home? What are we watching within the walls of our home? Because our, our girls are always right there. And I know it's different at different levels with our kids, but, but still, um, what are the things? And it goes back to that scripture, you know, be impress it on their hearts you know, write it on your walls, um, because they're, they're getting all sorts of mess from every, every other outlet, believe me. And um, so if they're not getting truth from you, they're getting whatever they think is truth from everywhere else. So um, just moving forward, just a resolution of just being intentional to have those conversations and be talking about um, what matters and, um, in faith. I just ask for you to, to truly pray and consider uh, your church, again, I'm not talking about just a service. I'm talking about relationships, connectedness, your discipleship. Let it be a priority for you this year. Let it be a priority for us growing together this year in our city uh, groups, in our services, in our giving. Many, many, many services have gone by and I haven't said a word about giving. Many times I'm forgiving 
forgetting to, to talk about our giving, but our giving is a form of our worship. And God wants us to be blessed by how we give. So we need to be faithful to continue to give, uh, not to, to staff, but to God, who's using our team and you to do ministry in the city. And by the way, a little teaser here. I got something really exciting to share with you. I'm not going to share with you this week, but I'm going to share it soon. And God has done something pretty amazing, and I can't wait to share it with you. But uh, anyway, how's that for a cliffhanger, right? Here's the last verse here. Daryl, would you go ahead and just come up and play for us? I want to do one last thing before we go. We're not going to sing a song, but let me read this last verse. I believe God wants to do something specific in our church this year in the area of discipleship, in the area of our giftedness. So what is your gifting? How has God gifted you as a believer in Jesus? And how are you using that gifting to bless his people? Do you know? I hope that God gives us an opportunity to find that out this year and then to begin to operate out of that gifting so that we can learn to disciple other people. Let me read this last scripture. Romans 12, 4 through 8 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not uh, all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. God has gifted each one of us for the body of Christ and for those who don't know him. So my prayer is that God would help us to, to be awakened to what giftings we have. That he would put a passion in our souls to know him this year. Very little, nothing else matters like that in life. So let's put priorities where priorities belong. Let's major on the major things in our lives. And I promise you there's nothing greater than knowing Christ as your savior and being discipled to the things that he wants us to know about his word. So I want to pray for us as we go. And, and as I pray, I want to thank Lori for joining me today and just sharing with us. Uh, but also just as we pray, would you just take a moment? Maybe there's some of these things that you would say, yeah, those are things that I remember reflecting on and struggling through. And yes, those are some resolutions that I'd like to move toward and honor you with. Whatever it is that God has laid on your heart, maybe just take a couple of moments here and let's just give those to him. Let's just worship him as we pray, and then I'll pray for us and we'll close and we'll be done, okay? Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Father, thank you for 2020. Your word tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. And though many of us have to grit our teeth to pray that prayer, uh, we still pray it, Lord, to be obedient to you. We give thanks in all circumstances 
we rejoice in all things. So even in difficulty and loss and brokenness and fear, you are king, you are Lord over all. God, we trust you, we love you, we worship you in the middle of it. And we pray that even though 2020 and 2021 are just measurements of time, God, you will give us a mindset, a worldview, a heart full of Jesus to begin to see the world in such a way that we honor you with how we live, how we think, what we allow into our lives. And God, I pray that you would um, just give us strength. And even in our weariness, Lord, your word says your strength is made perfect. So God, would you help us with these things? Whatever it is that you've convicted us of today, whatever it is, it is God, that you've reminded us of, <laughs> we lay it at your feet. We trust you, we love you, and we thank you for the privilege, God, even in the opportunity to, to pray, to rest in the truth that even though we're not in control, you are. And even though the world doesn't feel great around us, God, at times, you are always good. And there is always hope. So thank you, Father God, for the way you love us. Thank you for our church. Thank you for those that are with us and those that are at home. Continue to allow us to be the body of Christ, seeking and searching for ways to connect and walk life together, to honor you and help each other. That's the church. And I pray that you'd help us in this challenging coming year. We love you, Lord. We give you this time today in Jesus' precious name, amen.